cold the hole. They called the Ghostbusters and they in control. Had a throwing party for a bunch of children. Well, all the while, the slime was under the building. So they packed up and boots, got a grip, came equipped, grabbed their proton packs off the back, then they split. Run out of all eagle, the master of evil, trying to battle my boys. That's not legal. They're in control. You know it. Welcome to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I am your host, Scott White, and I am back again with a very frequent guest. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for Mr. Sean Penalber. Hello, everybody listening. Thanks for having now, me, Scott. Well, Sean's been ducking me. Uh, <laughs> he's, canceled, he's canceled twice on this uh, podcast, so apparently he doesn't want to do what we're doing today is we're doing the soundtrack to Ghostbusters 2. Apparently he doesn't want to do this, but I finally tracked him down, was able to pin him down, and we're doing that right now. It's actually quite the opposite. I am really excited about this one. I'm oh, not you are. Lie. I love the album. Okay. Well, so I'm going to start off. I've got the album with me. You guys can't see it. But I bought this album. It w- I bought it new. It was on sale, but I bought it new. And this album is scratched. It skips from start to finish. Ew. So when I so I'm probably going to be a little bit biased on this because I was just pissed yeah. that I bought a new album and it just fucking scratched for crap. God damn Y'all can't see it, but Scott literally just wrecked the album. Like he broke that into pieces. Oh. And he's tearing it up. He's tearing up the case. This is madness. This is history, folks. This is performance art at its finest. Yes, nothing better than a visual act on a podcast. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll save this. These come in handy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, The record sleeves. I'm not tearing that up. That comes in handy. But, yeah, so I had to end up, I ended up listening to it online. Uh-huh. Just because it was, honestly, this album was was scratched. It skipped from start to finish. I don't think one song. And if I bought it used, I could understand. But I bought it new. Yeah. It, it hadn't even been opened yet. So anyway. It was a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So whew, I got that out of my system. All right. So this is the soundtrack to the Ghostbusters 2 this is what we call the uh, stretching 
the Dan Aykroyd podcast because I know he had nothing to do with the soundtrack, but it wouldn't exist if he didn't create the characters. Yes. So There was right. also the uh, motion picture score as well. I didn't listen to it, but it's there. I didn't listen to that either. Well, we're going to start off side one, track one, on our own by Bobby Brown. By Bobby Brown. I didn't remember a lot of the songs, but I do remember that this was the song during the montage, the where they where they just got their their proton packs back. They just won their court case, and now they can bust ghosts again. So this was the montage where they were back busting ghosts, and. It has that famous line, what is it, you know, the ghost too hot to handle, too cold to hold. And yeah. <laughs> they call the Ghostbusters. And Bobby Brown is actually in the movie, in Ghostbusters too. He's like the uh, attendant or something, the door guy or... Door or guy. Whatever. Yeah, I'm thinking of someone else. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah he asks if uh, if he can have a proton pack and, and Egon's like, it's, a proton pack is not a toy. <laughs> Yeah, I had read about that. Uh, apparently, they had like already finished filming, and he was like, "Hey, can I be in the movie?" And they were like, "Uh," and they got that that scene. But yeah, super funky song. Uh, when you had told me that you had listened to it already before I listened to it, and you were saying everything was pretty heavy R and B, I was thinking more like soulful heavy R and B because I haven't seen Ghostbusters two in a while. I should have watched that before we did this, um, but. Uh, man, so funky, these songs. Uh, what is the... It's called like New Age Swing or something. New Jack Swing. And uh, I wish people still made music like that. Now, I'm going to admit, so I grew up in the 80s, and this was not my kind of music. I didn't listen to this, I didn't listen to this kind of music when I was growing up. Uh-huh. It's a very up soundtrack. It's a... Like one song after the other, it's just up, up, up. It's just, it's like you said, it's a very funky soundtrack. Well, the, for, let's say the the this is really two different soundtracks between well with the record side one and side two. But I thought this was a great way to kick off the album. Yeah, absolutely. Does side two start with uh, Oingo Boingo? No, it starts with Ghostbusters. Okay, okay, yeah, but, that makes sense. But then after that, that's when it changes. Yeah, I could definitely see what you mean on it being two albums because right. like there is a kind of more uh, different variety of funk uh, towards the end. But and I will say, all of these songs they get into your head because they they all have these hooks that are very very repetitive. Yeah, it's just one of the I don't know, compl- not complaint, but. I, a, a lot of the songs are similar. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, they're just different tempo, kind of. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, but they're, they're, there isn't a lot of, and I guess that would, uh, I mean, I guess it was what you were shooting for for the for the soundtrack. I guess if you want continuity, you get that here. Because the, the songs are pretty much the same. Some are more funkier than others, as you put it, but... I liked I liked on our own. The song is basically just like uh, we're on our own now. We need to take control, and then it has a Ghostbusters break. Like it, it talks about the movie and everything. Which uh, I'm curious if they did a release without that, uh, where like kind of like a radio single where they cut the Ghostbusters part, or if they just kept the Ghostbusters part. 
these, I'm guessing these songs were written for the, for the soundtrack specifically, and a couple of them you know are really written for the soundtrack because they actually mention the Ghostbusters yeah. in the song, and this is one of them. But you're right, that might have been an interesting thing where instead of mentioning the Ghostbusters, they have a music break in there. I mean, of course it ages the song. Like you said, maybe they did, maybe they did have a radio edit. Because, I mean, I think it's on one of his albums, if if I'm not mistaken. And so it's like, how, I wonder how much that stands out compared to the other tracks. Because here's suddenly just a song that's about a movie. Yeah. But good song, though. Very catchy. And our next song is Supernatural by New Edition. Mm-hmm. Which this one was definitely similar tempo, if not almost the exact same. Yes. <laughs> uh, I put another funky track, and it's basically just, this girl is so fine that she's supernatural. So, yeah, so really has nothing to do with the plot of uh, Ghostbusters, unless they're talking about Sigourney Weaver yeah. and, and or Annie Potts. Yeah, there is no, there is no sexy ghost. In the, this would have probably made more sense in the first Ghostbusters when Sigourney Weaver becomes possessed. She's like became su- not that she's not super. She wasn't super sexy, but she became super sexy when she became possessed with the red dress and the, the yeah 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 yeah. But again, another really funky track, and I was just so surprised at like, because I mean I've seen the movie a while ago. It's just I guess I didn't consider the soundtrack, and that new Jack Swing is so fascinating to me. Well, this also has, I mean, the theme song. From the original is just so iconic. When you oh, mention yeah. Ghostbusters, that is who you're going to call Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. No other song is ever going to compare to that song. Even this, even the Ghostbusters song on this album, which uses parts of that song. Yeah. But yeah, so they were really going up. I, I'm, I'm guessing they tried, you know, tried to make it their own, which I always applaud when somebody tries to make something their own. But they, they they had a rough time because when you know Ghostbusters and music, you think of that song. Mm-hmm. Everyone's trying to compete with uh, be the next Ghostbusters, right? But really, it was Huey Lewis in the news all along. Then we had uh, the Promised Land by James J T Taylor, mm-hmm. and I have this note. I was like, what does it have to do with anything? I don't. This song to me really didn't have anything to do. Even though the like the second one talking about the sexy girl, she's so sexy, she's supernatural. You still get the the ghost connotation. But I don't. I really don't remember what this song had to do with the movie or or anything like that. If I had to make a guess, so like this song is basically like uh, they say the promised land is great. It, it, but it's really not really that great because we've heard all the hype before. It's just like another another place. And so, uh, what is it? Zool is yes. promising like this promised land, right? And so well, it's I not guess, Zool. Oh man, who is it? God, it's not Zool in Ghostbusters too. It's yeah, it's the guy from the painting. The oh man, yes, I uh, I can't I'll remember put his, his name. I can't remember his name, but yeah, the 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 painting guy. Uh, and so he's pro- he's trying to you know promise this like come come to my world and it's like man we've heard all this before no one wants to live in your planet or whatever but uh, I wrote down for this one funky uh, not as funky but still funky as the other ones you get diminishing funky as the as the album goes along 
<laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's a musical right. term, but you get diminishing funky. Uh, Vigo. Vigo, yes. Thank you. I wonder if he'll make a return in uh, Ghostbusters 4. Well, or not Zool, the actor. Even. Not the actor. He's dead. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the character. Well, they brought back Harold Ramis, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If, if Zool and Vigo teamed up somehow. Yeah. If you get the two villains from both films. I would love to see that. That's some nostalgic stuff that, like, makes sense. Yes, it would make sense. And I don't, and I did a pod, I did a, I did a podcast on Ghostbusters 2 with our good friend Meredith Nudo. And we both agree that it's not as good as the first one, but yeah. I, I think it gets a little bit, like we're saying, we're comparing all the songs to the, to the song Ghostbusters. I mean, the, the original Ghostbusters is almost a, a perfect comedy, almost a perfect movie. So anything that you compare with that is going to pale in comparison. But I enjoy Ghostbusters, too. Even though it's not as good, obviously not as good as the first one. It's just like that whole concept of, like, uh, a band's first albums are usually, like, so good because they've had so much time to work on it. And then the following album has been rushed because it's like, oh, man, that first album did so good. We got to put out something else. And it's just like, okay, this is this is okay, but, like, is it as great? Oh, it's well, it's like... A movie, a movie that you put a movie out, especially a horror movie. You put out a like a Nightmare on Elm Street. It it's good. It makes money, and then it's just like, well, now we have to rush out these shitty sequels. Exactly. And, exactly. And then you get what you get. And then you get what you get. Now, then we go from the promised land to we're back, and Bobby Brown is back. Bobby Brown is and, back. Bobby Brown is back, baby. And this is another, this, I guess this is another montage song because this, and now this song I can understand. We're back to fight the evil. Yeah, and that's basically all he talks about in the song, and that nothing's yeah. going to stop us. For all good to know, you know the bad, yeah. We're here to make a change so all can be free. Nothing's going to stop us. We're back. And I wrote, how long is this song? Because I think at one point he just he just keeps repeating. We're back. We're back. We're back. Yeah. This one I put. All uh, these songs have a hook. Like I said, all these songs have a hook. All these songs are have repetition in them. Yeah. Which 100%. is going to make you remember them. Yeah. I put a uh, funky space carnival vibes for this song. Because it even, uh, if I can't remember the exact lick, but it's like, uh. It sounds like that carnival lick that's like, um, 
if y'all heard the song, you would know what I'm talking about. It's the whole background beat that's going on. There's like this... That, right there. Yes, thank you, thank you. That, that's the whole beat, is that on the piano. So it's definitely very carnival, space carnival. Ooh, space carnival. That sounds like a good... Welcome to the space carnival. (laughs) But I enjoy the song. And once again, I guess... You know, Bobby Brown was just like, okay, we're going to write songs and I'm going to talk about the Ghostbusters. Yeah. That's what they're paying me to do. That's what I'm going to do. And I appreciate that some artists, well, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to sully myself and, and do songs about the, he was paid to do songs about the Ghostbusters and he did. And he nailed it. He nailed it. Good job, Bobby. Like I said, it's not my type of music, but I have no, I have no qualms with you know, the production and, and how good it sounds. I want Bobby Brown to write me a song about my life. <laughs> uh, then our next one, we have Spirit by Doug E. Fresh. What I have written for this one is he keeps repeating the Ghostbusters are back and all brand new, but we just had a song that said the Ghostbusters are back. So we have yeah. two songs back to back saying that they're back. It's basically like, hey, let's all make songs about this being a sequel. <laughs> we're all back here. We're back. We're, we're back. all back. We're all we're back. back. Are we back so, yet? Yeah, we're back. I found that odd that they put those two songs, <laughs> no pun intended, back to back about talking back. about being back. Yeah. That's funny. We're, we're, we're back. Are we back? Did, we, did they cover that we're back? Well, let's just make sure they know that we're back. Yeah. We're and back that was back. like... <laughs> Well, it's like in the when you saw the trailer, the last line, "We're back." That that was like that was the end line of the trailer for Ghostbusters Two. So we know that they're back, and they are just pressing the point that they're back. <laughs> oh, they're so back. <laughs> uh, this one I put spooky funky. This one I I thought, like I said, I'm not familiar with Dougie Fresh, but he had a, he he had a really solid rap in this song. Yeah, about the Ghostbusters, even. Right, yeah. It was this a very was... solid, something that, I, I keep repeating this, I'm not a fan of rap, but I can appreciate the talent. And he was a really talented, a really talented rapper. And he really he really nailed the rap in this song. And it was good uh, balance between the, again, the new Jack Swing and the rap. It was just uh, good juxtaposition? Yep, that's the word. Juxtaposition. Yeah. I say it quickly in case I mess it up. Juxtaposition. 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 <laughs> so if you have the album, which I no longer do, <laughs> but if uh, that is the side one. That's side one of Ghostbusters 2. And then they open side two with Ghostbusters, which I think is a little deceiving because you see that and they're like oh they put because they do use ghostbusters they use the ray parker jr song in ghostbusters 2 they do use that so you think oh they put it on this album too but they have not this is run dmc and they have come up with a ghostbusters rap but also have incorporated lyrics from the original ghostbusters song Mm mm-hmm and I could definitely see how you would think this would be side one, because it's like, oh, Ghostbusters is going to start off the show. Like, this is going to be it. Yeah. But no, this uh, is the beginning of side two. 
Yeah. For this one, I said, this is Fast Huey Lewis rap funky. <laughs> and Ghostbusters, I ain't afraid of no ghost. They do hit the highlights. And honestly, I think I would have just preferred had the original song on there. <laughs> just just to uh, have it again. Just to have it again. Just yeah. to have it mixed in. I know why they didn't do it, but when you hear when you see the title and you don't get the Ghostbusters song, it's just a little disappointing. They could have and, absolutely thrown it on as the last track. Absolutely. Absolutely. A bonus yeah. track, maybe. Yeah, that. Maybe, right and there. maybe they did like on a CD or something like that. Maybe it is a bonus track. Now here's where it's so up to that, this is all like R&B rap rap tracks and then we get Oingo Boingo. Oh man, I was excited to see that name. Flesh and Blood. Oing- this is a dramatic change in yeah, the music at absolutely. this point. Yeah. It's still like jungle funky, but it's definitely not the same R&B New Jack Swing kind of stuff. And Oingo Boingo does I mean I remember Oingo Boingo from you know Weird Science. That was they did a lot of soundtracks. Yeah. In the 80s. Because I was just like reading through, it was like, I don't know that, you know, I knew who Run DMC was, and I, I mean, I knew who Bobby Brown was, but I, I, like I said, I'm not a fan of their music. I was like, oh, Oingo Boingo, this is like, it just seemed like weird and out of place. Yeah, a little, but, a little bit. I mean, it's very, it's Danny Elfman and his band. and so it's Danny Elfman, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Danny Elfman himself has done a ton of scores, uh, movie yeah. scores. He has done a lot. Yeah. Um, I was reading that this song um, was written for the film, but uh, only apparently four musical bars of it are used. And so uh, he was like, oh, if I had known that y'all were going to cut my track so much that I wouldn't have even made it for, I wouldn't have even done it. I I would love to hear the original, like how long that is and everything. And this this is basically about like, we just got to be there for each other because all we are is flesh and blood. Like, and so if we're not there for each other, then yeah, we're our, we we have to back each other up. Yeah, flesh and blood. And honestly, that comes more into play, you know, in Ghostbusters Afterlife when like and when Harold Ramis literally comes back from the dead to back up his friends. Yeah, <laughs> but now it's flesh and blood and ectoplasm. Yeah, I guess. flesh and flesh and ecto. Um, <laughs> And then and we then, have another, yeah. Elton John! Elton John, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, Elton John! Yeah. I think they started grabbing, like, those big names that's just like, oh, man, who's really going to sell these albums? Well, it's like the first half is for the younger generation, and the second half is for the older generation. That makes let's sense. Get, let's get, because the artist after that is also, it's, yeah, we have Elton John, Love is a Cannibal. Did you figure out what this song was about? Uh, yeah, uh, love is a cannibal because love eats love. And so it's a cannibal of itself. It's not a cannibal as in it eats meat and flesh, but it, it eats itself. But what the, what does that have to do with the movie? Yeah, right? I, <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Once again, this might have been better for the first one when Dana becomes possessed and wants Peter, quote unquote, inside her. That's when, that's when love is a cannibal, but but yeah, this was definitely Elton John pop funky, and it had some funky yeah. electrical no, it like. Didn't... 
like saloon type piano. It was like an electric saloon. What were you gonna say? And I was gonna say he Elton John didn't sound a lot like Elton John. He sounded a bit different on this. Yes, yeah, I agree. Uh, and this I, was definitely... I I couldn't really put my finger on it. It, it. Like this is not Crocodile Rock, Elton John. But and because if I didn't know it was Elton John and I heard him, I would not have guessed it was Elton John. Yeah. Maybe not at first. Maybe eventually I would, but it, at, when I first heard it, I would I would not have thought it's Elton John. I would have been like, "Is this an Elton John sound alike?" Yeah. Like, oh <laughs> wow! Well, no, they couldn't get. This is this Elton John. is John Elton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very surprising. Came out of left field, and coming out of left lefter field, we have Glenn Fry of the Eagles. Glenn Fry. Yep. Flip City. And this is what I wrote. This, Glenn Fry sounds more like Oingo Boingo in this song than Oingo Boingo did in the Oingo Boingo song. <laughs> I want to know why everyone I know has gone Flip City. She used to want me. How can it be now? She's gone Flip City. like they had this weird music thing like flip city it's like this is like techno oingo boingo stuff not southern you know southern classic eagles rock that you're expecting from glenn fry this is when the heat was off yes the heat was cold (laughs) there was no heat uh also like what i wrote down is this is definitely 80s pop funky but the lyrics were, everybody has gone Flip City. But I'm not sure what that means. I don't. There's that scene in the movie, you know, it has the slime, and the slime feeds on hate and bad vibes. Uh-huh. And there's that scene where there's, like, a riot. And maybe maybe it has to refer to, like, everybody's in a bad mood. You know, you know we're not going to get rid of these ghosts if we're in a bad mood. I don't, or, or they're trying to flip them over to the, you know, to being positive. Uh, that's the only thing I could come up with. That you know, like everybody in New York has got a shitty attitude. So when we're we spray the lap, spatch, the spatula of liberty, the statue of liberty, the spatula. <laughs> that's what we need a spatula of liberty. We're, we'll flip those American pancakes with a spatula hey. of liberty. That's maybe that's it. Trying to flip people from being from being sad and angry to happy and good. That's a good guess. Because, yeah, I, I after I heard this song, I like Googled it. I was like, what's this phrase? I, I haven't heard it before. And I can't, I couldn't really find anything. Now, Wikipedia has like a little page where it's like, where it's been referenced and brought up, but it doesn't, it never says like what this means. So no that's a idea. good guess. That, yeah, that's my guess. We're going flip city. And then the the last song is Higher and Higher by Howard Huntsbury. 
Oh man! And I re- I remember this song because this is a song that was playing as the Statue of Liberty was, you know, walking across New York to get to mm-hmm. the to the art place, the art place. I've never <laughs> yeah, heard I've paintings. never heard of Howard Huntsbury. I never and he apparently he'd been around for a while, but I had never heard from him. But this is just if you had to if you had to pick one song. Because that's what they had to do. They had to convey. They were conveying that they were trying to flip people to being positive. This is a very upbeat, happy, positive yeah. song. Yeah. This is a a Jackie Wilson cover. Oh, and it is. Okay. Yeah, I love the original, and this cover is so good. Yeah. This might be my favorite track on the album. I think it might be mine too. And it's because it stood out to me. It was like it was one of the only few tracks that I remembered from the movie. That's how good it was. Yeah. Cause I mean, just in general, it's a good song, but this as an eighties cover, like it's it's like mwah, you know. And it's got such an awesome sax solo as well in it. And this is older R like side one was newer R and B. This was older R and B. But the uh, I would also say check out the original if anyone hasn't heard it as well. But this one Good cover. As far as covers go, nailed it. Howard, you, you did it. You did it, man. Yes, you did it. <laughs> and you helped, you helped the Ghostbusters beat Vigo. Thanks, buddy. Oh, shit. I, I tore up the album cover. I wanted to make a point. It's... Uh, so on the, on the cover, there's the four Ghostbusters. And on the back, they have scenes from the movie. And mm-hmm. they have one picture... Of uh, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Hal Ramis together, and then they have one of Vigo possessing Peter McNichol, and then they have one, and then a couple. It's like they picked these odd pictures. One has the baby on the ledge. It's and one has Louis Tully and and Janine on the couch. It was there's like hardly any you know gets a, hardly any action pictures. Or it just seems like they picked weird pictures to promote the movie with on the on the album cover. Yeah, they picked just like small token moments. Yes, yes. Instead of the big moments, like where they're all shooting the the dome of jello, as Bill Murray put it, or the or or just or all of them in the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a great shot. So I Mm -hmm. was just aesthetically, the album cover is very very minimal, and I think they could have boosted it up with better pictures from the movie i don't know who made that decision or even some ghosts oh yeah actually that would be yeah the there were actually no pictures of ghosts on the back just the painting of just a painting of vigo or just a close-up of vigo and because the, the painting you don't even see it it's just a it's just off to the side but yeah but a close-up of vigo the villain that might have been better rick moranis becomes a ghostbuster in the second one right yes they should put sh- him on the cover He's got he's got two pictures on the back, but they're both okay, okay. as Lewis Tully. But one is in the background with Sigourney Weaver in the foreground, and the other was him, you know, making out with, you know, if you're going to put Rick Moranis, put him in the Ghostbusters outfit. And so, uh, did you look at the chartings for this album? I did not. So in Canada, it peaked at 18. Uh, New Zealand peaked at 14 or 48. And 48. the U.S. Billboard 200, it peaked at 14. Wow, it got Which pretty is, high then. That's impressive, really. It is impressive. Yeah, so I guess uh, Oingo Boingo, I guess they are happy 
even though he said he wasn't happy about them cutting up his song, you get royalties. Because this was, yeah, this was the 80s. This was before Spotify and all that. So if you, yeah. wanted, to, if you wanted the music, you had to go out and buy it. Yeah, and they sold over 500,000 copies in the United States and over 50,000 in Canada. And so, so you definitely got some, some money from that. Right, yeah, so that's gold. 500,000 is gold, so the album went gold. Yeah. Which overall, uh, good album. Overall, yeah, overall it's a fun album. The songs on, like the first half and the second half, right after Run DMC, the, the tone switches. Honestly, we go from like younger black musicians to older white musicians. <laughs> like, oh, man, whoa, yeah. there we go. Yep. Yeah, so that's, a, that's like a, like Run DMC is the bridge. We got younger black musicians, then we've got older black musicians taking us to older white musicians. And stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, Run DMC is the bridge between young black and old white. And I don't know, <laughs> that sounds weird, but that's what it is. <laughs> I honestly don't remember any songs from the first Ghostbusters, except for Ghostbusters. Except so, for Ghostbusters, yeah. yeah. Yeah, off the top of my head, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so Without this Googling is a fun. It. I would say this is this would be a fun if you watch Ghostbusters two, listen to this right after Ghostbusters two, and you'll get you'll get enjoyment out of it. Uh, but yeah, it's a fun album, it, especially when you watch when you listen to it on on uh, YouTube or Spotify, and it doesn't skip. I, I like records. Ghostbusters two. I can do that on a podcast. It's a new album. Right off the bat, it just starts. The first song skipped all the way through. Couldn't Ugh. even listen to it. That's going to ruin the entire experience. It did. So I had to go back and listen to it from start. Whenever you and whenever you put money, albums are more so expensive nowadays. Whenever you buy it, if you buy a new album and it skips, you're just super pissed. Yeah, I can't um, believe that. But after I calmed down and I listened to it on on uh, YouTube. Yeah, by the way, the whole album's on YouTube for free. Uh-huh. So if that's where if you want to if you want to listen to it, and I'm sure you can find it on Spotify or whatever. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice, easy listen, and it it's fun and funky. You could do a you could do a lot of da- you could do some dancing to this music. It's good yeah. dancing music the first half. Absolutely. And once again, I would say if you're ever in a foul mood, if you just listen to the song higher and higher, it's hard to stay in a bad mood. Yes. Yes. Cuz the that only is- reason I was in a bad mood is I was listening to higher and higher and it skipped and it but it it, it, it like where Higher and higher and higher, and I was like, "Fuck, <laughs> can't get high enough." You can't. How high do you want me to get? Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So, I guess final recommendations. We both really enjoyed this album. Yeah, yeah. It surprised me. This is definitely something you could put in like a, uh, a, a kind of a party playlist. Absolutely. Well, like the first five songs. Yeah, like Fli- yeah, like Flip City or. It, yeah, I mean, I guess you could work it in, but yeah, but like the first depending five on or the, six songs. Depending yeah, depending on, on the party part. you're doing. Uh, but, yeah. but that's it. Sean, once again, tell us what you're doing, what you're up to, where we can find you, all that oh, type man. of uh, chat. Up to a lot, y'all. Uh, as always, feel free to check out drawbook.net. Uh, I'm still, it's in process of being redone completely, so I still have to re-upload everything and everything, but check it out. You know, it's there. Uh, you can check out my photos of ceilings on Instagram at the art of ceilings. And I usually just post, uh, not just I'll post ceilings there, but I'll also share other things I'm doing. It's my main Instagram. Uh, you can follow me 
on uh i mean what else do i do i do a lot of stuff uh you can listen to my treatise i just published my uh study into investigation of life the universe and everything uh but that's also available online uh just go to all my links sean penalber uh you can catch me at comedy sports houston and you can now also catch me uh on comedy open mics in your favorite bars or anything favorite bars even if they don't have open mic sean just goes in and starts doing i'll be there yeah i'll do material i'll do uh characters and everything that's right because that's what drunk people love just a guy walking in doing characters oh man (laughs) the worst thing i've done yeah i'm a comedian i've been doing it for over 20 years Uh and and sometimes the bar's like you know what this place needs comedy and if whenever you're not doing comedy in a comedy club, it's always iffy because most people go to a bar just to get drunk, hang out, maybe watch television. They don't want to watch comedy. And if yeah, yeah, and there's nothing more surly than a person forced to watch comedy. Yeah. If a person oh, man, is yes. forced to watch comedy, they are the worst people on the face of the earth. Yeah, they let you know it. They it's let like- you know it. The and guess what? Hecklers. If you're not at a comedy club, there ain't no bouncer. They ain't going nowhere because yeah. those people are buying drinks. Yeah. And they are not going to kick them out. Yes. Well, I was just talking about that last night with some people. It's like, that's business. That is business. You know how hard it is to get thrown out of a comedy club? They hate doing it because that is just income going out. The- you throw out a table of four, table of four, two to three drinks, that runs into money. And if that's a hundred dollars. All right. Well, that's it. Well, once again, I want to thank Sean. Thank you for doing this, Sean. And we'll see everybody here next time on the Dan Aykroyd podcast. The Dan Aykroyd. Oh, and also check out my music. Who to thunk? Who to thunk? <laughs> I can't leaving. believe I forgot that. I'm not cutting it out. I'm leaving that in. That's what we're ending on. Say it again, awesome. Sean. Uh, yeah. Check out my music. Who to thunk worldwide, Spotify, Apple music, anywhere you want. That's it. Awesome. To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash Scott White and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. That should help people find this podcast. And no matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. Pilot controls are ready. All right, it's getting late. It's almost midnight. Let's go, Venkman. Here's something off the request line from Liberty Island. We gotta squeeze some New Year's juice from you, Big Apple. You know your love. for a weekend in Vegas with a Jolly Green Giant.
This has been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast. Packs, my kid brother really wants one. The proton pack is not a toy. I guess that's right.